Open up your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6. We're going to be looking at verse 13 as we continue this journey in our armor series. So some of you guys are at home worshiping. Right now I'm out at our midweek. We're having a blast worshiping Jesus together. And I love that song set that we just sung together and also the video that we just watched. And it's so cool to live in a city with so many churches here in this city that believe in Jesus and believe that the best is yet to come in Jesus' name in our city. Uh, We love Vintage Church being a part of the kingdom of God here in this city. And uh, we just are so thankful to be a part of this mission together. This Armor series has been an unbelievable series so far. And so to kind of recap what we've been doing, this is week four. Uh, Week one, we talked about being strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. And then the last two weeks, we talked about standing against uh, the schemes of the devil. We considered who we were in Christ and how we, you know, fight from victory, not for victory. So we stand against a mighty fortress is our God. We don't lower ourselves to the enemy. And then last week we considered the enemy and, and we considered a number of things about the enemy. Um, we're going to look here at Ephesians chapter 6, verse 13, and I'm really fired up about preaching this. I hope you're ready midweek. I hope you're ready for the Word of God today. Um, It is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword, and man, it is piercing my heart, and it's transforming my life, and I hope it's doing the same for you. Um, Let's look here. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 13. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God. So that you may be able, we've talked about this a few times, isn't it just incredible to know that our God is able and that in Christ Jesus we are able, right? So that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Everybody say stand firm. This is a promise. And and this is a powerful promise that we see here in Scripture. Now, let's start to break down Ephesians chapter 6, verse 13. There's a word there, therefore. And every time you find a therefore, it's therefore a reason. Um, Basically, Paul is uh, referring back to perhaps what he stated in verse 11 and verse 12. What did we learn last week? Um, Therefore... Because Satan has a plan for your life, and therefore, because Satan wants dominion of your life, we need to get ready. So everybody say, get ready right now. Come on, midweek, get ready. Listen, I hope you're ready. I I hope at home, put in the chat right now, get ready. Um, We've been having a blast. I know I talk about my kids all the time, and I just can't help myself. Uh, we've been a, having a blast this football season, um, playing football. My boys are finally putting on the pads and the helmets. And um, we had something happen this past week that was uh, pretty unbelievable. Um, it's pretty crazy to me that third and fourth graders are already getting scouted. So there's film out on my twin boys, Mac and Burke, um, who, look, and I'm, I'm not just being a dad here that thinks the world of their kids or whatever. They are the top players on the team, number seven, number 10. And um, 
there's like highlight reels of them, and they're on this kind of app that uh, teams can watch before they play each other. I mean, this is blowing my mind that this kind of stuff's around with third and fourth graders. And so we come into our game this past weekend, and if I can just tell you, Mac and Burt got punched in the face. Uh, that other team had definitely marked them and was prepared for them and brought everything that they could to them. And I, I just let you know, this daddy is kind of excited about it. Because as I grew up and played sports, um, a lot of times I was marked and it was hard for me. And that type of stuff made me stronger as a person today. These are life lessons that my boys are learning. And so I loved, as I brought them out to practice this past week, uh, their head coach kind of pulled them aside and, and just kind of gave them some tough love, which I've given him permission to give. And I said, like, coach, don't hold back. They need to toughen up. They're acting like little sissies right now. It's time to man up. And so he kind of pulled them aside. and He just shared with them, listen, there's not going to be any more games this season because of all the tape of you guys scoring touchdowns and tackling and all this other kind of stuff. There will not be another game this season where you get to just sneak in and surprise the other team. They know you're good, so you need to toughen up. When you get hit, don't cry on the ground. Don't lay there because the enemy, the other team, knows that you're now being bothered. So they're going to keep throwing it your way. You got to get ready, Mac and Burke. They're bringing everything your way because they want to win the game. I love this lesson that my kids are learning, and I think it applies for you and I today. Um, there's stories right now that are happening throughout Vintage of many in our church who are getting in the game. And they're not just kind of chilling anymore. Like they're going next level in their commitment. They're serving. They're witnessing to their friends. I mean, they're getting up early to pray with our V group, uh, our men's V group at 6 a.m. on Tuesday mornings. I mean, they're going all in. And I'm hearing back from them, man, Pastor Rob, Spiritual warfare is for real right now. Well, of course, You're, you've become a threat to the enemy. Much like Mac and Burke, as, you know, they come and play this game. Listen, I'll, I'm not trying to be a punk here, but the kids that are of no threat, the other team didn't worry about them. In the same way, if you've not experienced some form of spiritual warfare, it might be true that you are a water boy for the kingdom of God. But when you get in the game, and you start really becoming a threat to the enemy, he's going to bring everything your way. He's going to bring everything your way. So we got to get ready. This verse, verse 13, is a before the battle challenge. And what we're going to do is we're going to learn that we can't afford to wait till the battle to start training or even putting on our equipment. Can you believe like how crazy it would be if we waited, if we played football, we started putting on our pads and our helmet as downset hut happens? No, we're done. Right off the line, we're going to get blasted. We're going to fail. We're going to lose. Well, in the same way, this is a challenge to us to not wait till the battle, but to have some battle prep, to, to get ourselves ready for the battle that is to Come. So I got points. Y'all know I got points. You want to write down these points. Point number one. First of all, here in verse 13, we want to get ready with 
the armor. We want to get ready with the armor. Paul says in verse 13, Therefore, take up the whole armor of God. Isn't it amazing to know that we do not fight alone or in our power. We are called to be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. And the play that we've been called to run, which is to stand against, is meant to be run with the armor of God. When we take up this divine armor, God himself fights for us. Isn't that amazing to think about? Like God himself fights for us. I wish I could get out there in the game and, you know, obliterate a fourth grader from my boys. But I just can't do that. I'd get arrested. I wouldn't be your pastor anymore. Um, this symbolically, when we put on the armor of God, we're putting on God. And he fights for us. These supernatural enemies that we learned about last week require supernatural resources. God has given it to us. We put on God. Now, before we summarize these pieces of armor that we're going to spend the next six weeks breaking down, it's going to be a fun ride together. I've got to tell you this. You cannot put on the armor of God if you haven't trusted in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You cannot live for Jesus without Jesus. So I want to invite you right now. Would you pray and receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Would you trust in Jesus? You're going to find a link right now on the screen that invites you to, to just kind of go and take a next step with us. Even if you have questions about salvation right now, we're here for you. We'd love to walk with you. The greatest thing you can ever do is to trust in Jesus. Because when you know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, he gives you a spiritual armor. And this armor is so unbelievable. It's time, guys, to suit up. I heard from someone in our church this past week. They're like, look, Pastor Rob, I'm going through it. And I know you're about to start preaching on the armor of God, but I kind of feel like I already need to start putting it on. Go now. Like, don't wait for me. You can read ahead, start cultivating these pieces of armor, but we are going to be intentional over the next six weeks together. What are we going to look at? Let's summarize it real quickly. First of all, we're going to put on the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, and the shoes of peace. This is the armor of God. Now, the reason why I've said put on, there's an element that this is something that happens upon salvation in Jesus Christ. And at some level, these are pieces of armor that should never be taken off. You should always have these on. The second three are pieces of armor that you take up at certain moments in life, at certain battles. Those three are this, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit. Now, as I shared, it is assumed that the first three remain on the second three you take up. But I'm just going to keep it real. I don't know about you. The way the world is right now, I want all six all the time. I'm just telling you. Like, I never want to go without the sword of the Spirit. I never want to go without the helmet of salvation. I never, ever want to go without my shield of faith. Right? 
And so that's just me encouraging you, but there is strategic times in which we take up the last three. Now, next week, we're going to issue to our church a six-day armor challenge. And we're going to do this six-day armor challenge at the beginning of these six weeks, and then we're going to do it together again at the end of these six weeks. And we're going to call our church to a time of fasting, a time of prayer, because we're going to learn as we continue the way we put these pieces of armor on is in prayer. And we're going to ask for the Lord to equip us. And we're going to get ready with the armor of God. So that's number one in this text. Number two, get ready to battle. Get ready to battle. We don't need to just get ready with the armor. We need to get ready to battle. Look in verse 13 again. It says, Therefore, put on the whole armor of God so that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all. Now, let's talk about this battle. All right? I got, I got a number of things that we want to mention about this battle. If we're called to get ready with the armor and then we're called to get ready to battle, what do we need to know about this battle that we're about to step into? Number one, I want you to know that this battle is inevitable. This battle is inevitable. I do not understand why some Christians today are freaking out. When you get God's word and you read God's word and understand God's word, um, God's word promises that this world is going to fall apart before the end of times. So I don't know what you watched on TV this past week. I don't know what you're observing in your world today. But to me, this world's a little cray cray. And the people leading it are a little bit crazy. And I'm just going to keep it real with you. Part of me gets excited because maybe the end time's about to happen. Maybe Jesus is about to return because I, in a lot of ways, don't think it could get any crazier. Um, I want you to know that in Christ Jesus, this battle is inevitable. Victory has been guaranteed, but Scripture verifies this over and over. Victory won't happen without a fight. The Christian life is not a playground, it's a battleground. Those who profess Christ as Lord and Savior, who are new in Christ Jesus, the number one thing that I share with them after they receive Jesus Christ, bro, watch out. My new sister in Christ, watch out. The enemy hates that you've surrendered your life to Jesus. And now you've been saved for all eternity. Once saved, you're always saved. But I want you to know, the enemy cannot take your soul. He cannot mess with you within. But he's going to start messing around you. He's going to, because he knows how powerful this testimony of life change is, he's going to throw everything your way. He's going to throw doubts on whether or not you're actually saved. He's going to throw temptation your way to ruin your witness. He's coming after you. And I want you to know that this battle is inevitable for the Christian. We've been called to stand our ground, which is going to require hand-to-hand -hand combat. This is going to be ground war, one-on-one, -on -one, neighbors, home, workplace. Rewind again in Ephesians chapter 6. What does Paul talk about 
is the real battle. It's home and the workplace. This is not just for pastors and seminaries and all that kind of stuff. No, the real battle right now in America is at home and in the workplace. And if you choose to follow Jesus, if you are saved by Jesus, man, you're not hanging out at a playground. You are on a battleground. And you have joined the Lord's army. And you are a soldier for the kingdom of God. Number two, not only is this battle inevitable, number two, this battle is spiritual. We can't forget that. Remember last week, we don't battle against flesh and blood. We battle against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. And guys, when I think about this, I think this is a word for us right now. Because there's a lot of hatred happening right now. There's a lot of attacking of flesh and blood right now. Do you know that even as Paul was writing this, one of the most evil men who ever lived, Emperor Nero, was in full 100% rule and reign. And do you know that his leadership around the world ultimately led to the beheading of Paul? He hated Christ and the church that much. Um, I want you to know that ultimately the real enemy was not that emperor. The real enemy, because we don't battle against flesh and blood, the real enemy was Satan and his demonic power. So think about someone who you would say is your enemy. I want us to believe and I want us to humble ourselves at the foot of the cross. Do you know that Paul understood this more than anybody? Because there was a time where Paul used to be Saul and Saul used to hate the church as well. And Do you know that Saul became Paul after he met Jesus and then he devoted his life, ultimately being beheaded for Jesus? And I'll just tell you this, Paul forgave much because he had been forgiven much. So whoever right now is your enemy, would you stop hating that enemy and would you start praying for that enemy? Would you start believing that the power of the gospel is mighty to save? I wonder what that would look like if we as the church started truly battling not against flesh and blood, but against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. You see, this battle is a spiritual battle. I want to remember that. I want to remember that in my day-to-day life. I've had so much great discussion in this series, but to, to be honest, we've been talking about how, like, man, as we recognize the enemy's work, he's behind this and he's behind that. And, and, and we need to recognize these things because isn't it amazing how fast we get mad at people? Or, or how much division creeps in and, and, and we start to, you know, really hate each other and all this other kind of stuff. Now, look, sometimes we're just stupid. Don't, don't give the enemy credit for everything. Sometimes you're just an idiot. All right. Speaking to you, not me. I'm never an idiot. But you're an idiot. Um, I'm an idiot just like everybody else. Real talk. Sometimes we're just dumb. So let's not give the enemy too much credit, but let's always... Husband and wife right now, I'm speaking to you. Slow down in that fight. 
And truly ask yourself if the enemy's at work. This could be the very thing that saves your marriage. See, this battle is spiritual. Number three, this battle is relentless. Relentless. This battle is relentless. This week in our V group, we're going to look at a passage, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 4 through 11, and it speaks about the day of the Lord. And it talks about how this day of the Lord is inevitable. Um, do you know that the enemy knows about the day of the Lord? <laughs> when Jesus will return and redeem all things and bring heaven to earth, he knows about that. Listen, I'm just telling you right now, the enemy knows his time is short. He knows his time is short. He knows that there's a countdown already happening and he's trying his best to grab as many people, as many souls as he can into hell with him for all eternity. And I want you to know in between now and that moment when Jesus comes again, where we are reminded as we're looking together in our V group study this week to be alert to be sober, to not live in darkness, to live in drunkenness. We're called to get ready. I want you to know that the evil day that's referred to, look right there in the text. It talks about an evil day in verse 13, so that you may be able to stand in the evil day. It's not speaking about one massive evil day. This evil day is something that keeps coming to you. It's moments when the Satan, when the enemy really unleashes temptation or violent attacks upon you. And I'm just telling you, after walking with Jesus for so long, it's going to keep coming. You, you might get one victory here, but stay alert. Get ready. He's going to keep coming. Hard times are coming and this enemy is relentless he loves to attack you when you don't expect it when you're weak when you're cocky after a victory he knows that you're vulnerable and he's coming so get ready get ready with the armor get ready to battle but number three i love this get ready for the victory Get ready for the victory. Once again, look, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 13. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God. Get ready with the armor. So that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all, it's given us a picture to the end. Having done all to stand firm. I want to encourage us to fight with the end in mind. Fight with the end in mind. I, I told the New Orleans Saints, I still get to be their chaplain, and as I've been kind of preaching to them this season through Zoom and YouTube, um, I've been kind of sharing with them to, to fight with the end in mind as followers of Christ. I said to them, could you imagine if you knew as you go to play this game this week, if you knew that nothing that you do is going to change an outcome of victory for that game? I said, how would you play? 
How would you play? I promise you, look, we lost, but Alvin Kamara looked amazing, right? The Steelers are on a little winning streak. They're 3-0 right now. They're looking incredible right now. We need to keep it down. No, no, no saying, go Steelers. We, we say, who dat at Vintage Church, okay? If you're not a who dat fan, you can find another church. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, we, we welcome all black and gold in the house, right? Um, but could you imagine the trick plays? Could you imagine the, the blitzes on the quarterback? Could you imagine how much fun they would have if they knew that they couldn't lose? Man, they would risk it all. I, I can't understand why you, if you're in Christ Jesus, are playing it safe. I don't understand why you won't try a trick play. Listen, we get ready for the victory. Victory's been promised in Jesus Christ, and that'll never change. You might lose a few battles. You can never lose the war. It's been promised to us that when it's all said and done, as it says there in verse 13, you will stand firm. You will stand firm. So, I know the bad news, but Pastor Rob, there's still going to be a battle. And battles are hard, yes. If you're in Christ Jesus, no one gets a break from the battle. We're under attack 24-7, 365 days. Satan doesn't sleep. You don't have the luxury to sleep. Every day you got to wake up ready. You gotta be on your guard. You gotta put on this armor. But in the battle, can we just thank Jesus for the good news? That we can stand firm knowing that victory is a lock. And nothing will ever change that. God has provided everything necessary so that we might fight and win every battle we face. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that because of you, we can stand. Church, fight with the end in mind. I know this past week was hard. Fight with the end in mind. For we fight from victory not for victory. I grew up in the church. My dad was a revival preacher back in the day. And um, we wore suits and it's real formal and choirs. There's these things called hymns. I don't know if you've ever heard a hymn. Google it. They're amazing. One of my favorites, the Mighty Fortress is Our God. One of my favorite hymns growing up as a kid my, my papa and my bumpa used to sing this to, to me and my brother when we were little boys. It's a hymn that goes by this, stand up, stand up for Jesus. I wanna close out our time in the word by reading the lyrics. I'm not gonna sing it because you'll leave. I'm gonna read the words. And as I read these lyrics, stand up, stand up for Jesus, I'm praying for two things. Number one, I'm praying if you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, that maybe you're watching at home, there would be a moment of salvation in your life, and for the first time in your life, you'll stand up for Jesus. 
But secondly, some of you know Jesus. Stop being a water boy. This isn't playground time. This is battleground time. We have a battle ahead of us. If Christ so speaks to you in this moment, why don't you symbolically even stand up, stand up for Jesus? For we are getting ready with the armor to battle for the victory. Listen to these lyrics as we close. Stand up, stand up for Jesus, ye soldiers of the cross. Lift high his royal banner, it must not suffer loss. From victory unto victory, his army shall he lead till every foe is vanquished and Christ is Lord indeed. Stand up for Jesus, ye soldiers of the cross. Lift high his royal banner, it must not, it must not suffer loss. Stand up, stand up for Jesus. The trumpet call obey. Forth to the mighty conflict in this his glorious day. Ye that are men now serve him against unnumbered foes. Let courage rise with danger and strength to strength oppose. Stand up, stand up for Jesus. Stand in his strength alone. The arm of flesh will fail you. Ye dare not trust your own. Put on the gospel armor and watching unto prayer where duty calls or danger be never wanting there. Stand up, stand up for Jesus. The strife will not be long. This day, the noise of battle, the next, the victor's song to him that overcometh a crown of life shall be. He with the king of glory shall reign eternally stand up stand up for Jesus get ready church God is on the move we are his army people I believe with all my heart are getting a taste of the good news of Jesus Christ we have the incredible privilege of marching that message all over Pittsburgh and to the ends of the earth. Lord Jesus, we stand up, stand up for you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.